Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your man, Dante, and welcome back to the Soundboard Podcast. This is episode 70. This is America Part 2. In this episode, we pick up on our conversation of the importance of knowing what your friends have going on on a day-to-day basis. We then dive into a conversation about this whole idea of rejection and how it shapes the world around us. And we finish off on a high talking about how much the homies complete us. Hey, man, we appreciate you tapping into this episode. Enjoy. conversation important because it shows the us maturing in our level of relationship right just we all do come from a college background we all went to school together so right our our day-to-day was go to school come home and kick right. it type thing. right now we're moving into different facets of life so yeah so like coop has a like an infant child like that is a different rationale from our nine to five jobs it is just as important, or we can say even more important. Right. More Facts. important. Facts. Yeah. He said more important. <laughs> Not you trying to find validation. Um, okay, so I'll go. <laughs> Save the best for last year. <laughs> you ain't got a job. <laughs> Tommy's going last. Uh, <laughs> so my day. Uh, I usually will wake up. So let me just start the night before. I don't sleep well, so I'm usually up all night, bro. I'm usually up all night. You just, can't stop your mind from just thoughts all over the job? place. Not necessarily because of work. Just I'm just thinking about all the stuff that I have to do. But work doesn't. I help. struggle. Yeah, I just struggle to sleep. Like y'all, don't, I've all like over the last couple of years, I've struggled to sleep. So I may not go to bed until. Side note: I mean, I, I was just listening to something that said black men. A lot of black men struggle to sleep, and they were saying like it was a study that was done. They were saying like. A lot of black men suffer from sleep apnea, but how it affects their health. So I'm just saying you ain't alone. No, that's no, that's a real thing. Yeah. And and the snoring I just, and just uh, sleep apnea. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can snore. It's, yeah. Sleep apnea is like it's just not breathing. <laughs> so like you're oh <laughs> oh wait you're dying. I mean not dying, but like that's you why that's breathing. why people have to have those um CPAP, CPAP machines, machines because oh, you because yeah. you like stop breathing during the middle of the night. Okay, like, I got you. Um, so I so like I'm usually up up at random parts throughout the night but my date will officially start probably around eight o'clock that's what time you wake up if i have to if i have to take i wake up earlier than that but like i kind of just be chilling mm-hmm. um but i'll get up get Jaden to school if i if i'm if it's on me to take her to school that day if not then wifey will do it and i kind of just get on the laptop uh to justin's point around eight thirty, nine o'clock <laughs> uh, justin said eight Oh, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. My day will typically start by the time I get on. I already got slacks, usually from my boss. That's messages, or yeah, oh yeah, Slack. If you if you don't, we communicate via Slack. Um, so I'll have a message waiting on me, and then I'll jump in to work. And for my role itself, let me just tell y'all, I am a senior account. Come manager. on, senior, senior. Now I I always say Pandora. But I technically work on the podcasting side of our business, um, which is Stitcher. Mm. I work, I do basically account management for podcast shows. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I work with a salesperson. They go and sell it. I do everything else. So, um, what's everything else? 
everything else. So they may go and yeah, sell. Yeah, yeah. They may go, okay. So okay. So so a typical day for me, they may go out and say, "Hey, advertiser, you need to advertise on some of our podcasts," and then it's on me to develop the plan for that. Once they have signed on and said that they want to do that, I got to communicate with them to get the IO, which is the sales order, the insertion order. I got to get that from them. Um, I have to uh, get copy from them so we can get over to the show so the shows can record it and it can be in the podcast. I got to make sure that we can track it. So I handle measurements and stuff like that. Uh, Also, because I'm a senior account manager, uh, most of the time. I do a lot of meetings, bro. Our company just has a lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of meetings because I'm usually training people. I'm usually coming up with, I have a lot of special projects where I'm helping, I'm helping <laughs> right. other, like other account managers be better. So like I'm coming up with systems. I call them systems for success. Like, Hey, this would help if your day looked like this. Um, or, you know, for your meetings, this is a good type of thing. Uh, basically I created, uh, one of my biggest projects was we didn't have a place where all of our, um, SOPs lived. I create standard operating, standard operating procedures. I created the, I I not only created the folder, I created, (laughs) he's an idiot. I not only created the folder, but they now, uh, they they now have a place to live. But but I created the systems. Well, not created the systems. Let me make it. He's trying to undermine. He is he's trying to undermine. He's trying to undermine. Um, I I not only created the folder. I got a team together. You worded that really well. <laughs> you really good at interviews. I got a team yeah. together. I got a team together. And we actually documented our processes, every single process that we have as mm-hmm. account managers, which is like 50 to 75 Annoying. processes. I hate doing procedures. Um, but I love it. Like, that's what I love to do. Like, I love I love create, like, putting it on paper. Anyway, so my day is uh, training people, communicating with my salesperson back and forth, uh, um, just all of that. I usually do that to about five thirty, sometimes six. After that, so my day starts after six. <laughs> so like I work, and I ain't gonna lie, this week I, I physically yelled. It's <laughs> like, a pillow or out loud? Like out loud. Oh, like I physically yelled this week. Like I, y'all know I was off that week. I ain't never taken off a week again. Oh, because you're so Because behind. it has been crazy ever since mm. I got back, bro. This week I literally yelled. I said, "Oh my gosh!" and I yelled. Mm. I used to yell in my garage. <laughs> I walk outside, get in my garage, and then yeah, and then ah! come back in for real, bro. For real, for real yeah. yes, bro. It's a real thing. And um, okay, so I do that throughout the day. I ain't gonna lie, I'm working from home, but I usually don't eat throughout the day because Wild I'll be I'll be working. I'll just be working. Um, so five six. So, <laughs> so so usually um, after work, I will I will have other meetings. Y'all know I'm a part of several other. I have yeah. several other leadership positions outside of work. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether that's church or whether that's um, candid, I have will I have meetings every single day of the week. Uh, maybe with the exception of Friday, but I have meetings every single day of the week. So like I'm usually in meetings from six thirty to nine thirty. Yeah, six thirty nine. What? 30. Yeah, every day. Every day. Every day. 
every day. A- after so work. either so after work. So either it's either it's <laughs> the side hustle econometrics, it's either church, it's either candid conversations. Uh, I lead a life group of men. So my day is if I'm not having an official meeting. I'm having powwows with brothers because yep. they are struggling in an area and they want to talk through it. Like six thirty from six thirty six o'clock to nine thirty is donezo. It's a wrap. That's why I call Dante during the day. Yeah, you call me during the day if you if Justin catches me between meetings on um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'm in the office, so if you're trying to reach out to me Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you probably won't get me because I'm in the office. But Monday, Monday, Thursday, Friday, you can call your boy. <laughs> this uh, way, you don't have a hobby. Yeah, I don't have time. Um, and then outside of that, you know, by nine thirty, uh, by nine thirty, that's usually when I have time to eat. Uh, Are you obsessed with work? I'm not obsessed with work. Why you do so much? It's a lot. I'm a B. I'm B team. Nah. nah. So Fair you know what it is. Not. You know what it is. So also, I, I left this out. I am my boss. Trusts me a lot with projects so i meet a lot with my boss because she'll just be like let me run something by you sounds like 18 material or (laughs) you know i'm 18 at work (laughs) um so at work i'm usually navigating that but then after work like i said it's either all those other responsibilities 9 30 i'll eat jane gets off work at 10 i'll go pick up Jaden. she'll come in we'll try to debrief about her day at this time it's 10 30 wife and i will try to get some quality time in like watch a show or like just kind of chill for a little bit but then olivia is like oh, i'm going to bed and then i will be up for a couple more hours and then i'll lay my head down and i wake up and do it all again you don't have any hair <laughs> that's why i don't have none <laughs> i'm stressed that's a lot dante yeah bro so I see why I see why you don't hang out with us that often. Yes, but I've been actually doing better. Yeah. I've been coming over here during times where I'm supposed to be doing other stuff. <laughs> you hide this is your hideout? I mean, but you gotta no. do you gotta so you do know something what? for you. I, for I sure. should. And you know what? But I came over here and I laughed. I was telling Justin, I came over here and I came over here and I was supposed to pick something up for Coop and I sat here and I was like, dang, bro, I didn't say here with Coop and I didn't get something done that I need to get done. <laughs> so then I moved it to another day. It just becomes a whole rolling Thing. Dang, bro. I wish you could just have a day to yourself. I mean, he had a week, but <laughs> one week out of the year, too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's everything. Okay, let's into like this short time, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. but let's you need throughout the year. These are great conversations, yeah. So, when people, so, so if people, if you reach out to me nine times out of ten, it's hard because my day is already structured before I even wake up. If you call me randomly nine times out of ten, I may not. I may not be able to answer. He's not going to answer. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. So really what I'm saying is, if you feel like I've been a bad friend, I apologize. But it's because I'm usually always running from meeting to meeting or work to meetings and all that. I'm not going to answer either, but it's because my phone's on silent at all times. So Why? It just is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so cool. So, protecting his so cool. So cool. I now, keep my phone on silent. Now yeah. that you're a full-time dad. Mm-hmm. What is that? What has your day looked like? And what? And do you miss working, bro? I've come to the conclusion it's been very hard for me not to start working because it's only been what two two weeks. I don't. I don't count. I think it's only been like two weeks. I don't know how long. It all runs together. I think it's been like a month, bro. It ain't been no month. I have no idea. I have no. Maybe it has. Because never mind. You know what? We don't. We don't. It maybe has been a month. It's been like a month, but um, yeah, bro. I've been. It's been really hard for me not to work. I was like, dang, but it's because. I've worked my entire life. Mm-hmm. And you you like working. I yeah. love to work. I worked all the way through college. I never 
didn't have a job during college. Mm-hmm. So like even right now, just doing school and not working is just kind of weird to me. But my day. <laughs> he said, my day. <laughs> my day is dictated by Casey. Uh-huh. What time she wakes up. Welcome to parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes she wakes up at 6. It's either going to be 6 a.m. or it's going to be 8 a.m. Oh, hopefully it's 8. I like I prefer 6. You do? Yes. If she wakes up at 6, we get up. We do our uh, workout. So she has low muscle tone. So she has like a lot of therapy and stuff she has to do. So mm-hmm. I, wor- I give her a little workouts, stretcher. We play, do tummy time, do like get a rolling and stuff like you that. You like a dad, dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I feel like this oh is Oh my important. God. <laughs> what do you think I'll be doing? This yeah. I'm so proud of we you. We're over here making breakfast and Coop is doing muscle therapy. <laughs> bro, I'm so proud of you. He ain't even got. He ain't even got past the morning routine. I'm already like, bro. I'm so proud of you. So we do that for like six. If it's six, we do it from six to like seven thirty, and then she has a nurse that actually comes to the house to take care of her at eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm free from eight to four, but I have to get one thing done for wife every day. <laughs> so I, that thing could be a little thing or it could be a big thing. A little honeydew project. Yes, honeydew project. <laughs> So like the other day I had to fix our closet lights and it's the hard lights, like the laminate lights mm-hmm. that's hard to put in. Took me a little while. <laughs> but, but you, you got it. it. But I did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I try to either I either go to the gym or I do my depending on the difficulty level, do my honeydew list thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was gonna be an hour or all day. Right, right. And so then I have to uh, make sure that the uh Casey's nurse has her food because a special formula I have to make. So I uh, make sure she has her food, check in with her, make sure everything's good. Then I try to come back and do like my schoolwork, mm-hmm. or I'm on LinkedIn. Because you're in school for what? Be a data analyst. Data analyst. Yeah, okay. it's coding. It, I can do a lot of things, but that's pretty much wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about this. You know, Coop is school for uh, human right, resources. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they going back for marketing. You know, Coop is school. Coop is school for biology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marine. You can do a lot of different. It, it, you know them. <laughs> it's ultimately coding right now. Yeah. But okay. I'm okay. leaning towards being a data analyst, but um. So I do that, do my schoolwork, which takes a long time. You be having to like, that, I just feel like that's a I lot. I have to code. Coop is in chat, GBT. Don't let them. Yeah. Let them <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what that was until my teacher told me about it. But um, it takes a long time because you have to problem solve and you're coding. Yeah. And, it takes, and you have, if it's like a problem, you got to figure out where the problem is yeah. in the code. Every line of code matters. Bruh, and it gets frustrating. So it takes a long time. After that, you're just playing a video game, probably cook uh, lunch, dinner, whatever. And then uh, I have Casey at four. So from four to 11, when she goes to sleep, I'm with Casey. And she eats every hour. Hmm. So I have to feed her every hour. She has a bad reflux, so she throws up a lot. So I can't really, in between that time, I really can't do anything else. I'm with her the entire time. Yeah. And then uh, we put her to sleep and then start over again the next day. So you know what? I actually was over here um, for a couple hours this week. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dang, bro, like y'all do a lot as parents. Like, yeah. this was the first time normally when we're over here, we're kind of like in the room recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. And usually, like, either your parents are here or like Key's parents mm-hmm. are here. And like, I don't necessarily see y'all like parent because we're in the room right. recording. But I was like here and just watching Key and Coop like parent mm-hmm. and 
And Casey was having a very fussy day. <laughs> very I, fussy. I said, Uncle ain't never seen you act like this. She has a lot of opinions. Like she was like giving attitude. Where she like, from. Yeah, she was giving attitude, bro. And so like even y'all just trying to navigate like feeding every hour and mm. then you got a burper and then like it's just all these different things. I was like, dang, bro. And we were just sitting there talking. They were just going through it like it was normal. And not even that. I mean, like even when we were be recording for the pod, like who'd be having to do a lot of stuff mm. in between. Yeah, you know, before, after that whole time. If you spend an extended amount of time here, like you see, like all that it a lot of energy, yeah, (laughs) a lot of energy. Um, And then even the fact that I have to stay up to eleven to set up her overnight stuff. So she has to eat overnight because she has a um, a G tube just to get her more calories because she's a little bit underweight. Um, I go to sleep early, so like if if Casey were to go to sleep at like eight thirty, I'll be sleep at nine type person yeah. so staying up those extra two hours oh that's rough on you it makes me tired i'm naturally i'm a morning person the later it gets in the day the grumpier i am the less <laughs> <laughs> personable i am to people <laughs> like i want to be i want to be in my bed like 9 30 mm-hmm. i want to be sleep at 10 mm-hmm. and then wake up at like five or six in the morning that's yeah. my most productive self dang that's crazy bro yep like that's crazy i just think that's we can we literally just be going through life and like even when you see your friends like even if you're not recording a podcast you may be hanging out with your friends or like you may see your friends at church mm. and you really don't know what it took for your friend to get there yeah mm. like you don't know what it took for them to just like make it for them to just make it through the week yeah like and you know and you see your significant other sees it but like your friends don't really see it. And so hopefully this, you know, this conversation just makes you want to go ask your friends like, yo, what do you really be doing? Mm-hmm. And like, or, or, and if you both come to the conclusion that you could be spending more time together, making sure that you put that, that time in. Cause people really do be out here going through it. Yeah. And you know, I think the conversation helped like demystify like the whole I'm busy or like when you ask somebody how they doing it, like I'm good. Mm. Like good is always going to be relative and subjective. And it's like, what do you actually do? Like, what context do I have right. to understand, like, what good really happens? Like, mm. for JJ, good might be like, hey, I didn't have half the meetings I have to do. Or, mm. like, right. students were actually on a, like, a decent mental plane this week. Mm-hmm. You know, for Dante, hey, one of my accounts was really successful. Like, or one of my means got canceled. Yeah, one of my means got canceled. <laughs> At work or after work. Great. <laughs> Bro, it'd be like a kid getting out of school early. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you can recoup that time, mm. but bro, you going through the whole day and you ain't spend no time for yourself, right? Like, so how are you even just navigating navigating that? And I think that's what we don't talk about um, as adults of like just talking about like just making sure that yeah. you you're not only doing what you need to do, but like spending time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Why everybody be walking around here mad and unhappy? <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so you're saying this is a safe space to talk about what's going on with us? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just saying that or do you mean it? No, I'm talking about it. For real, for real. Mm. For real. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Am I good on time? <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a stay-at-home dad. And I yeah. say I've been struggling not to want to go back to work. Right. I think that it has something to do, like, I know helping around the house is valuable. But I think it has something to do with me always wanting to be, I don't know if the word, 
feel like asset is too close to like slavery. <laughs> <laughs> no, asset, asset isn't close to slavery. Like you just yeah. want to be an addition. Like you want to add to something. something. Bring value. Bring value. Feel needed. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've put too much value in money in as far as worth or I don't know how to. Not you, now you I want to bring. I want to bring yeah. money. Yeah. Everything else is hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because it it, it uh, like throwing money at something is uh-huh. totally different to clean up a whole house Facts. or even just or even just cooking every mm-hmm. day. Like mm-hmm. that is that's that's tough, bro. Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. that's really difficult. Y'all y'all feel the same way? Like y'all feel like y'all want to bring money? Is that the easiest thing for y'all to bring, or do y'all feel like y'all are valuable in a lot of other ways within your relationship? Or home base, I should say, whatever you want to say. I would personally prefer insight and knowledge. Like, if I can just present that, if that's my daily, like, <laughs> I just get jobs and knowledge. Right. I ain't hey, trying to get money. I ain't trying yeah. to get time. Uh, I, get I have no like... real desires to work. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, ultimately, in a, a dream world, like, if, yeah, consultations, I think if I can just present my level of like thought process to help people improve upon their day. Even inside the household, like, hey, if I can assist, make some levels of, like, mechanisms. Don't nobody want to hear that from you. So you would be okay. You would be happy, perfectly happy as a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I ain't going to lie. That's what I always saw myself as. But you didn't want your wife to be the breadwinner. I know. It was a problem for me. <laughs> but, but, but I also, um, the older I get, bro, and uh-huh. the more, like, I just kind of see where the world is going. I want to have a lot, you know, if I live in, I do end up having more kids. I want to have a lot more faith. I want to have FaceTime with our children mm-hmm. um, be- because I just want to be able to impart a different level of just kind of wisdom. And I think it's hard to do that if you're working, if you're working all day. Um, and so if it, if Olivia didn't, because at that time also, Olivia wanted to be uh, vice president of marketing mm-hmm. for a company. Right. So I had already prepared in my mind, Olivia been telling me this since we met. In my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm finna marry a boss. And for the most part, Olivia gonna be working, traveling, doing all this. And I'm not trusting our kids to be raised by somebody else. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I had kind of made up in my mind that like, okay, I need to probably err on the side of like entrepreneurship mm. so I could be home, be home with the kids. You know, since then things have changed, but oh how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about like you wanting to it's easier for you to throw to to give money than I'm not gonna it's easier to asset. do is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Yeah, like I think I naturally I guess it's my idea of myself. Why did I hear this? Never mind. It left me. But the idea... <laughs> the idea of yourself is... The, the, how I vision myself, it's like, okay. I guess how you picture yourself is very important. So, like, when I'm mm-hmm. watching The Sopranos, I'm Tony. <laughs> like, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not looking at... Like, I'm looking at myself as this guy. I'm looking right. at myself as this guy. Yeah. And now, currently, I'm... Tony wouldn't be... <laughs> Tony would be nurturing his children. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I guess it's how I view myself. So it's just very different. It looks very different than how I, I then naturally see than what myself. you thought you would be doing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's. I think that the role is probably the most important. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like you're at home, you're with y'all's daughter. Mm. Like I think for as as men though, it could be difficult for us mm-hmm. to to see to 
to operate in that mm. simply because we're taught that for the most part we should be breadwinners yeah. and we should be the ones out here working mm. and 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 I even think with women I think women on the opposite side of that find it difficult too because they're taught that they should be the homemaker uh-huh. so then for them it's difficult to navigate being a homemaker but also Working 40 hours a week Right Ain't nobody trying to work 40 hours a week And be a homemaker No <laughs> Definitely not Definitely like, not And so then You ultimately end up having a, a home disrupted Because If both of us out here Working 40 and 40 And most people work more than that mm-hmm. Then The house kind of gets Whatever time is left And I think that's kind of When things are Yeah I mean I think it's, it's It's what you find value in How you define things Mm-hmm I think that media presents itself like within the culture. It like kind of shows you what you should be doing. Like it, it puts these roles on men. It puts these roles on women. So you watching The Sopranos, like this is what it's pushing. Like, hey, yeah, like you're a boss. Is, this the guy that the, Tony seems like the person that you should want to be to right? strive to be. Yeah. So besides which, the crime. So but making it making <laughs> it a big part of in the in the uh, mistresses and, the, <laughs> and, and everything else. And, uh, and the murder. <laughs> but like making it practical, like you have a everything's relative, so you have an individualistic approach to it. Right. So it's about finding what works best for you. Oftentimes though, like especially now for you in this season, it's countercultural, right? Mm-hmm. Like the role that you're doing now is very much valuable, but mm-hmm. you if you were to have that role on like portrayed on TV, then it may not have the, it may not hold the same weight, mm-hmm. but it's valuable within your scenario and your situation. So, I think that that's something that to take into consideration. Bro, you know what's so funny? Kids literally pick up on everything that we do. So there's this woman I watch, uh, not watch, but like she is uh, not like that. not like OnlyFans. I know that's where everybody's mind went. No, but there's this woman, um, and she has she's a social media influencer, and now her whole family, like you see her just go through life with her family. Her husband is the primary cook in the home, mm-hmm. and so one day the husband wasn't there, and so she was in. The kitchen she'll go and tell you he loves to cook like that's his primary role she don't cook mm-hmm. and her son said she's i think her son is like four maybe five he said mommy what are you doing in the kitchen that's a man's job Ooh, <laughs> that's his pers- that's his that's pers- his perspective because right. from his perspective that's all he's seen since he grew since he has grown up mm-hmm. is that his dad is in the kitchen so now his frame of mind is that's a man's job to be the one cooking for the family, not the woman's job. And I said all that to say, I think a lot of us put pressure on ourselves because of perception of what we feel like society says we should be doing Mm. when at any given time that could always change. Yep. I agree. And I will say this too. Um, I was thinking this, I think I said this key. I might not have. I was like, this is cause I was taking care of Casey. I was like, this is really cool because I didn't take time off when Casey. Like I took like a week off or something. Right. So now it's kind of like retro. Yeah. He's working and then yeah, you get to spend yeah, time yeah. with so Casey. So I am enjoying it. It's just, it's not that I'm not enjoying it. It's the me fighting my natural urge to go work. It's a transition. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a transition, bro. Give it some time. Yeah. I'll give it some time. A little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> Six months Counting down yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got eight months worth of reserves So we'll see what happens <laughs> Not, That's a long time Yeah cool. I really don't yeah, be cool. I, I really don't be um, Doing that much And if I do I'm with my sugar mama She's taking care Boy. of the <laughs> 
really if i if it wasn't for key i would probably be at home <laughs> like i wouldn't be out and about that often right yeah all right y'all so i have something that uh <laughs> that happened this weekend i want to get y'all's opinion on it now y'all know based on our conversation earlier about all the stuff that i have to do and one of the things um that i do on a weekly basis is i mentor a group of kids like i'm walking one of the, with these, one of the many things one of the many things is i'm walking with these group of kids and we kind of had a little situation that happened Ooh. and it started it created a space where I could have a conversation with a young man. So ultimately, let me just tell y'all this. It was uh, a young man came up to me one day and he said, hey, bro, I'm going on a date. I'm like, oh, snap, you're going on a date. It's mm-hmm. like the first date you ever been on. He's like, yeah, we're going to go uh, spend some time together. We're going to go to a park. I'm like, bro, this is what you need to do. You know, just trying to put the little homie up on some game. Yeah, like, yeah. you want to be a gentleman. You want to, huh? Birds and the bees. Birds and the bees? No, yeah, I ain't even talking about that. About that. Nah, that. That's his parents' job. I'm just merely talking about, hey, be a gentleman, pull out the chair, like you know, you know, you got a job, so you got a job. He's so definitely gonna get played. <laughs> <laughs> you got a job, so like maybe you should buy y'all some ice cream, whatever, whatever you feel led to do. Right. Um. And so after he he went on that date, he never said anything else to me about it. <laughs> Didn't go well. <laughs> Bad advice. So we kind of had another. We had a situation come up. Where um, there's this other young lady in the program and she came up to me and said, you know, Mr. Dante, um, this young man just said something wild to me. And I'm like, I know he didn't say that to you. Mm-hmm. What would make him say that? And then she says, oh, well, we hung out and I told him I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. And that resulted in him spurring off and just calling her. All these inappropriate things that we can't even say. <laughs> um, that should not be coming out of a, uh, a young man, young teenager's mouth. Mm-hmm. Who and was so, just interested. Who was just interested. And so now I'm trying to draw, pull the points together. And so I, I get him on a call and I'm like, hey, bro, like, tell me what happened. Like, what's going on? Where's your mind at to make you say this? And he's like, well, you know, Mr. Dante, I just didn't understand how she can ask me out on a date. And then we hang out and then she tells me that she's not interested. Her actions say that she's interested. And that's when I had to challenge my young brother. I said, do her actions say that she wasn't interested? I mean, that she was interested because from my take on it, she asked you to hang out. She didn't say that she wanted, she didn't specify she wanted to do nothing else. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to hang out with you. And I thought you may have necessarily liked her. She was just trying to just be your friend. Mm-hmm. And and then we had to have a, a, a whole conversation about if there's moments where you're unclear about something, you need to ask for clarity. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we came down to the conclusion that he said what he said all out of rejection Mm. and it just made me think of you know we see this all the time and we may you know laugh about it but we see a dude try to go up to a young lady and once he gets turned down he want to call her every name of the book you ain't that fine anyway beep 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 (laughs) but even just that bro uh i think after i had that conversation with him i said dang there's grown men who don't understand this Definitely. like grown men who may take a young lady out and think just because you know took her out on a date that you're entitled to 
other things, mm. other things, other <laughs> things. Um, and so it just made me um, just really think about this idea of rejection and not even necessarily from a perspective of um, just romantic rejection, but also just rejection in life. And so as men, I want to know, what is your relationship with rejection? Do you remember the first time you may have experienced it? Um, and how has that kind of shaped your life? Um, cause this is a pretty, as young men, that this rejection can shape the rest of his life. Man, you know, I try to reject rejection. <laughs> <laughs> that sound, that sound good, Tony Robbins. Right, right, right. It's not healthy. Terrell right, Robbins. Right, right. It's not healthy. I, I mean, I feel like ultimately you should embrace the rejection, right? Uh-huh. But I feel like as a man and, and me personally, like I don't like rejection. It's right. Like, is it an ego thing? I, there's pride there. Um, definitely, definitely pride. Uh, I think that to answer your question, I can recall like being younger and being rejected and how it's shaped, it's shaped my trajectory. Right. I can remember being rejected when I was younger. Um, I can remember being rejected by uh, girls when I was younger. (laughs) I can be, I remember being rejected. Nah, girl, he lame. Is yeah, that why? Yeah. So, so that's a good point, right? Like, why so, do you say that? I'm just asking. But no. <laughs> why, you, why else would a girl reject you? Why lame though? <laughs> so I, don't start, you, I don't think you lame. I don't I, think you lame, JJ. I, I, I will say I was though. Mm. Like as a kid, like and, rejecting rejection. <laughs> no, but like from a stereotypical standpoint, like I was uh, like a uh, honor roll student. I went to church. I played sports and that was it. Like I didn't have <laughs> they is he's smart and he loves God. And you know what's you know so crazy? They end up rejecting you when you're young and then looking for you when you're old. Mm. But I'm saying to that point, so like I wasn't necessarily cool. A cool kid. Right? right. Like when I was younger. I had glasses, all these different things, right? I just didn't I just didn't know a lot of things. So early on I would a girl would be like like he's lame or whatever the case may be but I'm very perceptive as an individual right like I'm observing I learn I'm intellectual I can think I see all these different things I can analyze the situation so I might not have appropriately internalized the rejection I saw this is what I'm getting rejected for but I see what's getting accepted Mm. and I know how to maneuver and Mm. navigate to get accepted so then Mm. what happens is I'll end up molding or adjusting who I am to get accepted. Right. So like that shaped me early on to be like, I figured out how to move in different scenarios or different settings to, to get the acceptance. And I'm looking for the approval. Right. I don't want to deal with the rejection. So how do I, what do I need to do to get this approval? Right. I know how to get it from you. I know how to get it from you. I know how to get it from you. I've learned, I picked up. So like, I think that shaped me as a, a kid into like, have how this is the best way to to reject rejection is to avoid it is to like mm. say all right I know I'm just gonna worry about how to get accepted, bro. You know what's so crazy about that? I think we see so many people, boys and girls, at a young age get rejected, and you see what other people are getting accepted for, and you start to do it. And so we had like <clears throat> girls in school who become promiscuous. Because they're seeing that that's how girls get attention. Mm. And so if they're like, oh, okay, I'm kind of like the nerdy girl and I'm not necessarily getting acceptance like that, then they start to morph into this other type of young lady um, because they see that that's where attention goes. And then even for guys, like with guys, even on the basic level, as a young man, you see, you may see uh, uh, the cool kids, how they talk about 
other girls or like in the language that they right. use it. Like whether that's calling them out their name or like just right. calling out all, all kind of things or even just the things that they do. Smoking, drinking, like all of these things. And now you're starting to do these things because of rejection mm-hmm. and you not wanting to feel rejection. That's a good point. Uh, can y'all remember uh, KJB Coop, can y'all remember like a point in your life as as men where you were maybe rejected and it kind of set the trajectory for not maybe for your life, but kind of left a lasting impression on you <laughs> or had an impact on you? Yeah, yeah I say impact wise early on. I remember and also might be my level of just kind of categorizing uh, rejection. I remember being rejected for things that I couldn't control. Mm-hmm. So like okay. height, uh, skin color type. Thing, right. I've always been been dark. Uh, athleticism that like, was a big one yeah yeah definitely um, and you grew up in the suburbs huh yeah oh you grew up back in the day yeah that's all kids suburbs private school type thing so I was like hey no I'm always the darkest one right mm-hmm. right um, but I think for me um, a certain level of affirmation I guess I can say for my parents type thing is just cause like these are things you can't control like mm-hmm. it is what it is um, I think that helped me to to handle rejection or or displaced rejection as far as like, hey, that's who I am. Like, right. I, I'm, that's just not my lane type thing. Right. If you want somebody lighter, or if you want to hang out with lighter skinned people type thing, go do that. Like, this is all I could be right now. I'm not growing anymore at this moment. Right. I'm going <laughs> to sure. stay this That's height. all I got. You, yeah. yeah. You know, you I, have to take that. I know this is about you right now, but we were talking about your height earlier. <laughs> I hope you don't feel rejected. Mm. <laughs> we accept your height. We accept it. We're going to talk about it, but we accept it. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I learned to use rejection to kind of like stay in my own lane. Right. Like I said, it's not always a positive thing. It also limited me at certain things. I just didn't attempt to do certain things. Right. So I was like, all right. I already know what the rejection feels like. There's no reason for me to continue to pursue that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. So it, I would say that's the negative part is limited, but also it helped me find more confidence and courage in the lanes that I did know that I was good in. Right. So it kind of allowed allow me to pivot and refocus. Mm. And, and you said that your parents, to a certain extent, were affirming you about the things that you could not change. Is that something that you came forward to them to tell them that this was happening? Like, you felt comfortable enough to be like, hey, this is what's going on at school? Or, like, or like how does someone give their the opportunity to be affirmed when they're rejected? So, even with that, context is appropriate. I never felt like I was bullied. Mm-hmm. So, I, me being open to my parents is just me telling them my day type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So they probably took it as like, oh snap, like somebody's picking on our child. Right. For me, like this is it was facts of life. Right. Right. I've always been dark skinned. I've always been shorter. I've always been younger type thing. I'm also smart. Like mm-hmm. and I also have a smart mouth. You do. <laughs> so <laughs> these are attributes that I help define me. So their levels of affirmation is kind of like always like, this is who you are. And right. I, I don't know, I have to double check if that was intentional, but it's like very much so like focus on what you can, what you can work with. This right. is who you are. Be, be happy for who you are. Mm, that's good. That's good. Cool. I mean, earlier you said you've always been tall and <laughs> <laughs> you've always been cool. Like has Coop ever been rejected? Uh, I have been rejected. I don't, I probably haven't really just thought about it, how it affected me, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it had like a huge impact on me. Um, maybe I was more passive on things I wanted. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of it right now. Right. Um, so like, I've never been a guy that's like hit on women. Well, y'all like that? Like shooting your shot? Like so shooting like, your if shot you saw, when okay, you were younger? If you walk in a room 
You're we're single. You walk into the room and I don't want to do this. But. <laughs> Usually, you walk into the room and you know who the finest woman in the room is. Okay, facts. Do you necessarily just shoot to the finest woman in the room? I can tell you what I do. Come on, <laughs> dig. Doing that situation I, in this I, world, this I, fake I, world. I worked my way to her. Mm. Oh, okay. So you would you would I'm slide a, on over? I, yeah, eventually. Like I'm a, I peaked the scene. This must be after he got taller. He became Mr. Suave. Suave. Learning. I told uh, you, I'm perceptive and I'm observant. Uh-huh. So like I, when I go into the room, I immediately see the finest girl in the room. Mm-hmm. But I'm also perceptive of how like the environment of the room where I'm at, and then mm. I just play to my strengths. Mm. So, I, but eventually, I'm gonna work my way to her. Okay. Mm. I'm be honest. I always been a funny guy, so they kind of come to me. <laughs> but but I think that that's something that I oftentimes now I think about. Like, did I become funny to, to because of rejection? Ooh, this like is, this is no, interesting. No, this no for real. Like I, I really do think of, I really do think about that mm-hmm. because bro, I used to be. I used to. I don't know if I've always been funny. Like I don't think I've always been a class clown. In fact. When I was like in younger, like elementary, I would be chilling, bro. I used to read my little books, read my little Harry Potter what? books. <laughs> I used to read, yep. And I just quit reading because I didn't want to be rejected. <laughs> my whole life is a lie. Um, but yeah, bro. So I, I think I developed kind of like this personality, like this boisterous personality. Mm. And sometimes I'll be like, is this even really my personality? Mm. So you didn't, so you're, you're, I don't necessarily do. I mean, I was never the type of person to do that. Like, I would more so have to be chose. And there's probably a lot of things. <laughs> so, do you, so players get chose. Players get chose. Yeah, they got to choose so me. Did yeah. you ever? Did you ever? Um, I. You know what? Let me go to KJB, and then we're gonna we're gonna circle back to. Okay, that. I mean, I'm more. I'm now as we're talking through levels of like rejection. I'm closer than Coop. Like closer mm. to Coop type thing. Like. Mm. I, I wouldn't necessarily beeline for like the most attractive person in the right. room type thing because mm. also for one, I know there's people who are more qualified than me. Right, right, right. That's, that's what it is. So for me, my <laughs> level of perception is I'm going to per- pursue the room or peruse the room and see who I know is giving me attention. Okay. At that point, mm. you're gonna I go, can okay. work with that. Yes. Okay. So it's level setting. Yes. I stay in my lane. Yes. Oh, but I is that, that, is that, that you that. stay in your lane? Because, because look, I was talking to, I was talking to a, a younger homie mm-hmm. and, um, and I know what younger homies type is. Mm. We've talked about his type. Right. That's never who he dates because he always dates who comes to him not is, that is settling? it settling? No, so no, so that, no, 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 no. So that, so that, no, 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 no. Who's younger home? No, so I ain't young no more. No, no, no. So I wanted to bring that up because I think for a lot of people, because of rejection, you could end up selling, and it ain't even just like from rom- from romance. It could be you settling for the people that you hang about. It could be you selling at the job that you're yeah, at. It, it can go across. The, it, it can go across, it can go across the, the board. board. But we were having a conversation about. Um, I've heard him talk about these these type of women that he likes, mm-hmm. um, but he never ends up with them, mm-hmm. and it's always. He always ends up with a different type of woman. And I challenged him and said, Well, bro, it's you like this type of woman, but you may not feel like you can get that type of woman. So you just settle for what you But you said you said it may not be settling though. I'm saying it could be settling. Mm. 
It might be a safety thing also, cause depending on what type of woman he likes. <laughs> but, I mean, that's part he of might have dreams of grandeur. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I could say personally, like I said, I never necessarily chased after the specific, right. like the finest woman in the room. But I will say this. I'm a, I was extremely, I didn't catch everything that was th- came to me. So, so you still selective. had a you were selected. You I still was were selective. selective. So uh-huh. like if it was if it was just somebody that I wasn't necessarily interested in, I wasn't just gonna entertain them because they chose me. Every woman that I did end up talking to, you uh, wanted her. I wanted them. To. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, nah, bro. We. I just think this. I this whole idea of rejection because it is whether you believe it or not that pivotal moment that happened. In, you know my mentee's life mm-hmm. like this moment at right now is like 15 years old could literally set mm-hmm. the the standard for the rest like the rest of his life mm-hmm. and as we see here and talk about yeah, i think we all just, just had that revelation yeah, yeah after we see here and talk about <laughs> so it's almost like well, are you living the life that you were supposed also, to live also i think there's there's like so this for coop example it may be more so a matter of just delivery it may be a matter of like your approach or your preference with how you're talking with mm-hmm. and how you're engaging with the woman, right. right? So that may not necessarily be 100% attributed to rejection, mm-hmm. but it spurred a different thought. Like we're talking from a, a, a chase or getting chose perspective, mm-hmm. but like how has that showcased outside of like just the rope, like the romance, like does that same, does that rejection impact you across the board? Like has that impacted you in your career or like, choosing the career that you've chosen or like the school that you wanted to go to or some of those life decisions is that does rejection play a factor in that or is rejection oh like, yeah you get what i'm saying do I, how yeah. how truthful do i want to be because we can talk about settling in a relationship but just, you can settle for a job you can settle bruh in a lot you, of different ways because of rejection go on yeah. cool take it cool because i don't want to cry on the podcast <laughs> I'm gonna say, well, I, I don't know if this is answering your question, but I'm just trying to think through this question in real time. I think that my main issue is, and me and JJ, I always attribute it back to hooping. We hooped on the same team, like AAU team, mm-hmm. right? But then we broke away from hooping, and I want to assume you were the best player on your team once we broke away. Yes. I was not. I didn't have a chance to be like it, it could never happen type thing. So I played on a team with the number one player in the uh, state. state. Yeah, he was like number ten in the nation or something. Dang, like that. that's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But then also I have an older brother, and my other older brother is a stud. Like he was dunking in sixth grade type thing. Right. So I've always been like, Meanwhile, I wouldn't get five foot. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been like um, around people that I could never. Um, reach reach their level reach their level whatever. necessarily, yeah. but I could always do my best. Type right, right, right. So it wasn't even a thought in my mind to be the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. So I don't know if that relates to rejection or not going after the number one spot, yeah. not, not going after the number the hottest girl in the room or whatever. Because that's never been my role in life, mm. bro. That's crazy. Just that's crazy. Just that just that thought pattern because. Mm. Um, bro, I can remember distinct like um, situations where, and most of them come like from a fr- from a career perspective. Bro, you can't tell me. I used to ink when I was in college. I just knew I was going to be like a like a music DJ, but not like a er uh, er uh, like not not turntables, <laughs> not turntables, <laughs> but, but more like a more like a 
uh, personality, mm-hmm. like on MTV or like BET or something. I'll never forget. I always wanted to. Uh, I went. I saw Free and AJ, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm finna be Free and AJ. Mm-hmm. 106 and like, Park. I'm finna yeah, be yeah, on 106 yeah. and Park. Like I'm finna be Free and AJ. And I'll never forget, bro. Y'all know that picture of me with that green jacket on? Yeah. So D-Rob. I took that. <laughs> My name used to be D Rob on the radio. D Rob. Uh, I took that because Revolt was having some type of like uh, we're looking for hosts uh-huh. type of deal on Revolt. But you were supposed to like post your photo and then I don't even know if this is like a real competition, but like post your photo. You're supposed to post like a reel of your of you like hosting something and all this. I took the photos, but I didn't do it. You never sent it? I never sent it. I posted the photo and I like tagged them. So I did a level of it, you didn't go but I didn't do the way. whole thing mm. because I was like, if I go after this, if I go after this and I don't get it, I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be crushed. And and I just remembered several times <laughs> in my life I auditioned for to be an Oscar Mayer kid. <laughs> I wish yeah, I had an bro, Oscar bro, Mayer bro, I auditioned to be an Oscar Mayer kid, bro, and I didn't get no callback. Mm. One one rejection. That was one rejection. Dang. Another rejection, bro. There was this radio station. Uh, I don't even know if it still exists now. It was called Radio Disney when we were younger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Radio Disney. It still goes. Yeah. It's still. Yeah. I, I think it's still a thing, bro. Yeah. So when I was, they were looking for. They had did like this. A national, like national contest to be the next voice of like, yeah, like radio Disney, search. like a mm. talent search, bro. I made it to the last round, mm. as in like you. It's only people in this room who are going. One of the people in this room gonna be the voice. How many people was it? Uh, it wasn't that many of us. You know, I said national. I think it's more. Maybe it was Dallas because the they're they're here in Dallas. Okay, yeah. but you're brought up and you got to read this read this script. And bro, I remember getting in there and fumbling, like fumbling. <laughs> Had killed it up until this point, Dang. bro. Got to the end and was like, "Oh my gosh, what if I'm not good enough?" Like I'm gonna Damn. got in there, messed it up, bro, and um, and I didn't get it. Mm. And I just remember being crushed by. It. And now thinking about like the revolt situation, or even like even just graduating and being like, "Oh, I'm gonna be on the radio after graduation." Oh my god. <laughs> I gotta go to therapy. <laughs> I need to call. Am right I now. settling for being a senior account manager? I mean, the money's nice, but am I, <laughs> am I fulfilled? But I—that's I, a real question. No, though. bro. I, I really think, and that's something lately that I've been uh, that I've kind of been going about in my mind because I'm like, I, it really wasn't a college thing. I'm like, dang, I always wanted to be like yeah. a host or like an MC, and that could be why I've never kind of put myself out there. In these regards, because of rejection, Oscar Mayer Wiener. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not. I think cause we talk, because because when you talk about careers, I think if you wake up in the morning and you see somebody doing what you really want to do, mm. and you are like not, you're discontent. Like, there's something in you dang that you says, Terrence like, Terrence J. Dang, I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy, bro. That's just that's a that's an indicator, probably. That's why I'm crying in a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the Maybach, you gonna want to cry? In the Honda or the Maybach? You got a Honda? No, I'm sorry, Nissan. It's <laughs> not even the Altima. It's the base the model. Central. It's the base model too, y'all. It's the base hey, model. Chill, bro. You ain't got that job. <laughs> 
That just means there's room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't bro. get too quick with it. <laughs> bro, because y'all ain't about to shoot shots at me. I'm about to get a job. <laughs> I'm going to change my LinkedIn to open to work. <laughs> open to working. No, bro. I, I really think you should take, to, everybody should take an opportunity to, th- to think back on your life it just in terms of rejection, bro. Yeah. You really have to think over your life. And I think this is such a timely conversation because it's not too late to shift things. Mm. Right, like a lot of times we talk oh, about like, like as long as you still breathe. talk about <laughs> <laughs> bro. As long as you're alive, it's not too late to make a shift. Mm. Um, just in terms of how you see yourself, because a lot of rejection comes from you psyching yourself out to think that you're not good enough. But you can self rejection. I am number one. Two is not a winner. Three is not remember. It's not. It's not too late for you to even Number free. one stunner. <laughs> <laughs> what the what? What? The what the what? What? So you know what? There's this. There's this theory, and this lady I uh, I follow. Her name is uh, April Mason, and her whole identity. Her whole. She's a speaker. She's a coach. And she, her whole theme is identity switch, mm. and she has a she has a, a pretty incredible story about how uh, she was her her kids found themselves in like in a homeless shelter, and and they went from like homeless shelter to homeless shelter, and then they end up in like an away home, and then how she always just wanted more for her, she always just wanted, <laughs> she always just wanted more for her life. It's so. <laughs> I was dark, but oh like we we was living good. Um, but her whole idea is that at any given point you can make an identity switch, mm. and um and so she switched it. She switched it later. Later, clear as day. This is twenty twenty three. She switched it. She switched it later. I'm gonna let that slide. <laughs> Hey y'all, he think like J.K. Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Rowling, chill, chill. JK Rowling. That's okay. He didn't read. Uh, <laughs> now book five through eight mm. or seven. Anyway, uh, but she changed. She changed who she was. Like mm. in in a lot of times we talk about people like changing, like it's a negative thing. But she literally said one day she wrote down who she wanted to be, and she. Her, she made sure that her actions aligned with the person that she wanted to be, and she did an identity switch. And you know, some of her family and friends were like, "What are you talking about? You don't act like this." And she was like, "It's okay at any given point to change and to pivot into who you want to be." Yeah, I think that's a fair point. JJ mentioned as far as like rejecting rejection, like rejection has a negative connotation, but ultimately, when you have that identity switch or you change your pathway, like you're rejecting everything, all the negative thoughts that you had of on yourself. Right. Mm. Now you can allow more room for like, this is what I can do. Right. So there's an aspect of like, when we talk about how rejection affects us, we also got to put in the context the things that we've rejected. Right. Even though we've rejected things about ourselves, we've also taken that in turn and rejected opportunities that were presented to us. Mm. Yeah, that We didn't feel like we were valued enough for. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I think, having a healthy relationship with rejection and that's ultimately what we're trying to teach to the youth is like hey don't take this as just a negative experience like understand the good and the bad that comes with it right mm. and i think with our conversation we realize how much of a 
trajectory change that can change for somebody if they understand what rejection really means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can play an active role in it. Yes. Like even with, with with him, I'm like, bro, you don't have to go down that path. You could have at any given point asked for clarity. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, where yeah. I'm at in this, but like, where you at in this? <laughs> right. Because I don't want to exert any additional effort and we just going to be hanging out as friends. But you also got to be mindful. We live in a cancel culture now. So it puts most people on the defense already. Off the That's rip, true. Off the rip, you're on defense if you get rejected and you got to now rebuttal. But I think you got to take time. Take a step back and like lean into just to lean into the rejection. Yeah. Because when you lean into the rejection, essentially you're not letting the rejection define you. Right. Like it doesn't. Right. It doesn't determine your identity. But you can take the information from rejection to make it applicable to how you can grow or learn. And you use the information from the rejection for your benefit. Yep. Right. Just don't let it define you. What's <laughs> I always say that I do stuff just to get good. I never do stuff to be the best. Oh, you've been over here limiting oh yourself. We unraveling. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Who <laughs> bro? Better question. Who could you be? People used to, you know, R.I.P. R.I.P. to Kevin Samuels. People oh, used to give dog. Kevin Samuels. People used to give Kevin Samuels a bad rep, but that's ultimately what he would would be talking about. Mm. Like you, if you don't, you you asking from somebody that you're not even giving. He ain't saying it ain't possible. He's saying go and rise up to that mm. level. And even when he used to talk to young men, when young men would call in, he mm. would really be getting on men like, Way hey harder. bro, yeah, you broke, you could change that. Yep. Like, these are things that you dressing better can change that. Yep. So, yeah, bro, I just I just wanted to, to talk about this idea of rejection because whether you realize it or not, um, those things that happen when you're younger can literally become the the viewpoint and the focal point for how you see the rest of your life. And for us as people in our 30s, I think we're now starting to realize that. But then also understanding that it's not too late to go after what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Career wise, it's not too late to become the type of person that attracts the type of people that you want to attract. Mm-hmm. It's not too late for that either. They ain't too good for you. Bill Gates, I'm on your ass, boy. <laughs> They just got me so lit. And, and at the very least, we go die trying. <laughs> so, fellas, we talking a lot about rejection. Yeah, it also stirs up, you know, different things internally within us. Yeah. There was something I was listening to earlier this week, right? Um, I want to bring it to y'all because as I was listening, uh, it made me think about how I internalize affection for my friends, mm-hmm. right? So kind of context, I don't know. Do y'all want to try to play the clip on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, yeah okay. let's play the clip. Okay, we'll play, play, the mic. Let's play the clip right now. That's yeah. why I've been able to describe this man um, is as um, a brother, but not just a brother, a twin brother. I, I truly believe um, we were shaped in the same womb spiritually, and um, our connection was providential. 
Um, this is a man that I cannot live with, with, live without. This is a man that I am completely in love with. I can say that in the most uh, secure form of my manhood that I am in love with another man beside Jesus, and it would be uh, James Preston Morrison. I don't know if you wanted me to say your first name, but it's out there now. Um, but uh, this is my guest, and um, if if you ever want a full context of me, you'll never get it exclusively from me. You would need to have this man in the room um, because um, this man literally um, completes me. <laughs> now, so, get, now so, tell them where that's from. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give, I'm gonna give context. So this is a podcast I listen to called The Basement. It's with Tim Ross, mm-hmm. right? A phenomenal podcast. I love yeah, the podcast. Um, and even this episode, that's a clip of this episode. But this is how the episode started. He's introducing his best friend. Um, so the context is like he's introducing his best friend who he says is his twin. He's honoring him. He's giving him his affection uh, as they're about to start the podcast. Right. They continue on the podcast and they talk about like their relationship, but just like the level of um, uh, intimacy that they have, like the closeness, the affection that they have for one another. So the context of that, that clip at the beginning of it was a little bit um, difficult for me to receive okay. off the rip just because I'm like, that's not the, the language that I use when I refer to my, my friends, right. especially my, my male friends. Right. Yeah. Like that's not language I use. That's not the affection that I use. As I continued the podcast, I got context and I can understand like the podcast blessed me for sure. Mm. And it had, gave me a lot more context to uh, their relationship and their dynamic and seeing right. it from that lens. But when I was when I was listening to it, like the clip that, that I just played. Uh, was a little unnerving. <laughs> a little jar. Yeah, 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 a little jar, yeah, yeah. Just because, like, to, to reference another man and say, like, I've never, like, to say I'm in love with another man, it's right. not a language that right. you... He completes me. In yeah. that way, right? And so I wanted to know if I'm tripping in that, but also another thought that I had with it was, has, has society just done that poor of a job of, like, perverting love mm, and making yeah. it sexual in nature? Right. So that way you can't even show affection for another man because it's now perverted in a sexual way versus just the affection that you have for one another. Right. 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 Like, you know, so what's y'all? What's y'all's? First, <laughs> first little question. Were you listening to this on speaker or was this in your ears? It was, it was on speaker. <laughs> yeah. Because you listen to that, you listen to that in your ears. He completes me. <laughs> JJ, probably, JJ probably pulled out the earbuds. Oh, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> You're part of the problem. That's why it has been perverted. <laughs> Bro, I'll just say this. When I just listened to it, he did a lot. Can we all acknowledge that? I think we can agree that the language was a little. Was it a was little, a little bit. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a, it was a lot. I, I do respect it, though, because usually people, especially guys, don't do stuff like that unless they're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That is actually very true because when we're drunk, we don't mind being I like, love you, bro. Hey, I love you, bro. We a hug. We a hug. No, no for bro. real. No, for real. You're not hearing me. <laughs> I love you, bro. Bro, did you have, did you have some, a, of the, some of the hardest people out here? Yeah. Be did the you, most. Did you yeah. even have a childhood if you didn't get drunk and profess your love for your homeboys? <laughs> Bro, you know what's so funny? I'll never forget. 
my graduation night and I was in my feelings and I was just going around <laughs> telling everybody, I love you, bro. Yeah. I love you. Man. Lit. I'm so th- he was were so you, lit. Were you drunk? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. mm. Crying too. <laughs> I was crying talking about nobody expected me to get here. <laughs> <laughs> that was like your Grammy speech. Yeah, but but um but I do th- to your point, JJ, not to take away from the uh, from that, yeah. I do think to your point that we have um made all things love perverted. And so when you hear somebody say like, oh, this person completes me and when you like I'm in love with this person, we automatically think of like in love and completes in like a romantic perspective, Mm -hmm. meaning that like, yo, that's how you're only supposed to feel about somebody who you are intimate with, like your wife, your intimate, your your intimate. intimate? I think intimate because intimacy can doesn't necessarily mean sex either. I think you specifically have to say sexual, like have a sexual relationship with intimacy is just closeness. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. But but um, but I do think, and this is my this is where I think it's hard for us as black men to kind of rationalize when a when another male says that about another male is that's just not vernacular that we use yeah, yeah, yeah. to talk about our friends. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think we 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 talk about our friends like that, but we don't use that language. Like in so, love is a lot. Yeah, so I think the language mm-hmm. is what's throwing what's throwing people off. Mm-hmm. Um do you do you think it's the language or is it the emotional part of it as I think well? It's, I think it's the connotation. We don't use that language because of what the the connotation of the language insinuates. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit more pal- palatable to be, be like, oh, I love you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, bro, you know, everything you, you add for the me. bro at the end. Or, also. or <laughs> even just saying like, or just even if you give context to something, or even if you don't give context and you're just like, hey, bro, like, you a real one. I appreciate you. I love you. I got nothing but love for you. These type of things, like, mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to digest. But when right. you make a statement that has a connotation that says like, I'm in love with you now, mm-hmm. the insinuation of, the connotation of that statement is taking it to another level mm-hmm. right which is what i think that they were trying to do is showcase like this isn't just a regular relationship just this say, is yeah. my best friend and this is the affection that i have for him. right right it's, it's only perverted when you look at it from the sexual lens yeah <laughs> but outside of that it's just it's just an affection like bro like you're just saying I, you mean a lot to me i'm just thinking about what justin said earlier <laughs> what yeah <laughs> The test, the test. Oh, you weren't in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, ultimately, I don't necessarily have a, have a problem from it. Also, context. Tim Ross. This is this is a faith based, Christian based yeah. right. podcast. So ultimately, the level of love that he's professing is ultimately reminiscent of the love that we should have for Christ, and we have right. love for others. Right. The greatest commandment I give to you, type. Of thing. And, he's, and he said that he said outside of Christ, yeah, I don't love another man like I love this guy on the podcast. Yes. So putting that level of context, and so I I agree. It's uncomfortable when, but when we're reading our word, like that's that's what Jesus did, right? So it's like, all right, if if we're working to be closer to be like Jesus, like that is literally the language that we're hindering ourselves from, right? That being said, that's the historical context. The context I was speaking about earlier, as far as <laughs> we, since we do live in this world where everything is hypersexual and right. like, these things can be taken out of context. A lot of us have that negative connotation to say that we love each other or mm. like we love like another guy type thing because mm. we don't want to be labeled as homosexual. Right. Right. right, right. And that's something that's become more of a gen- generic term mm. as far as just a label without mm. any real application behind it. Right, right. And to Tim Ross's point, also my point as well, I've become so comfortable with my sexuality that I don't have a problem saying that because I know I'm not homosexual. Right. Mm. When I say I love you, bro, 
my balls do not tingle. <laughs> There's nothing Jesus. happening down there. You can, you can stand up and walk out right yeah. now. You ain't gonna see nothing. <laughs> ain't no tuck off, no, nothing. Yeah. You good over here. That's what I was saying. I love you, bro. It's straightforward. But 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 yes, I think it, it, and, and we and we know that it we and we know that, but how many times like if you see somebody like do something and in our community, especially, mm. we'll be like, "Oh, that's gay. That's gay." Yeah, yeah. It, it just may be two people showing showing like affection for each other. Mm. Um, I think one that our community sees it a little differently, um, and two, I would now start to argue that like even just "I love you" now we're comfortable saying that, but that's also very safe. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> for us to just it took us a long time. You step it up? I'm saying <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> so I, I think it even took us a long time to even be able to rationalize as black men saying, Hey bro, I love you. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah, like and yeah. even in, in in at first it, it wasn't even the I. It was just the love you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't we, even Y O U. Yeah, yeah. And we just put the I on there. Yeah. We just put the, yeah, we. I just got to the point where I may say I love you without the bro. Yeah. Um. But I don't think that that's where we have to stay. Mm-hmm. And my argument, and I, and I was telling JJ when he first brought up this clip, is we feel the feelings. We just don't articulate it like that so when he says something like one of the parts he said uh uh he said i feel like god personally created you uh for me Mm. now granted that's a little jarring from a that's a lot it's a lot but i but i but i'll go on record to say i feel like god created all all of y'all and put y'all in my life for a reason Mm. in that he said um you complete me or like or or he said something like um like like the full context i can't i can't imagine life without you with like without you I can't imagine life without y'all. Like mm-hmm. if we were to fall out right now, mm-hmm. and all and, y'all lives would be terrible. <laughs> and we would. Why fall you say out, y'all not ours? Because <laughs> he gonna be all right. Be all right. Bro, I'll never forget. Me and Justin was. Me and Justin was arguing. Oh the, the one of the few. One of the few arguments the Justin and I have. The only one we've yeah. ever gotten in. And I'll never forget. It was even hard for us not to talk. So like I'm mad at Justin, but I'm also like, that's still my like we talk all the time. Yeah. So uh we got on the phone and I and I think I ended up calling him because just as a just as an a-hole. <laughs> and uh and he knew where we stood. Uh but I said, let me just call this man. So I called him and and uh and I was like, we talked it through, we talked it out, and I just remember being like, Yeah, bro, it was crazy that we was mad at each other. It just said I wasn't mad at nobody. <laughs> you was mad at me. <laughs> but to that point, like I can't, I can't imagine life without y'all. Mm. Y'all in this room and other people in our friend group. Like I can't mm. imagine life. Uh, so even when it when when he talks about like, oh, he completes me. The language is jarring, mm-hmm. but to a certain extent, we have all shared life experiences. We've grown up together. Yes. Like there are things that, you know, we've talked and we've dived deep like y'all my friends. Mm-hmm. So although the language is a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I can agree with that. The feelings are are the same. Yeah. And, and I, I think we should start telling each other that more. And I think like to answer your question earlier, you asked like, what is it? Is it? 
Uh, I think we were talking about something different, but you were saying like, is it was it pride that showed up? Right. And I think it's for me when I was sitting and thinking about it. Um, I think it's partially pride because it's it's not just that it was maybe difficult to receive, but it's also that articulating that right is a challenge. And that's they were continuing the podcast. He was saying that there's the three hardest words for people to articulate are I need you. Right. Mm. And so mm, like, that's big. being able to say I need you means to say like I either I can't do this by myself, but I'm dependent on you. And like that is a very difficult yeah. thing to say. Yeah. Oftentimes it's like I need you. Right. But I, the reason that it's difficult is because of pride. Your pride says like, I can't lower it to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm in a place where I can't do it by myself and right. I need somebody else. Right. So being able to articulate I need you, you should be able to articulate the affection that you have for and it's not just it's just it could be anybody that mm-hmm. same level of affection. Right. Yeah, bro, and I I think for I've I've spent a lot of my life feeling like I didn't need nobody to be honest. Yeah. So like, or feeling like somebody if if people leave right now, I'm gonna be good. Like it's I'm a gonna defensive be, mechanism. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just being like I'm gonna be good, but that's that's not necessarily the case. Like, bro, my mama. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. and we don't have a problem like having this saying this stuff about our parents, mm-hmm. but like our parents were such a big part of us growing up but then as you grow up your friends become the the mm-hmm. biggest yeah. arguably the, one of the biggest aside from your you know romantic relationships mm-hmm. your friendships become the biggest part of you growing up and and to be honest your parents are there first what one 25 before mm-hmm. they really push you off yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your parents you know you live a long healthy life your your friends are going to be there for the rest of your life. I think the problem is when you do that, you giving you're giving the other person a certain level of power over you. There you go. That's how it's perceived. That's but true. are you are you really uh, I mean yeah you're allowing them in. So yeah. at that point yes. it's if vulnerability. You There's yeah, a risk. Vulnerability. If you need me, that's a that's a level of power that you're allowing somebody to to have on you. Right. Right? It's it's, it's, not, it's I'm not saying it's a negative it's, it's, thing. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not trust. like power It's that. trust. Yeah, you have yeah. to trust somebody with that like I'm trusting you with this information. Yeah. I'm going to give you I'm going to share a vulnerable mm. part of me or a sensitive part of me and I'm mm. saying here I'm trusting you with this mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Now that puts me at your liberty. Yep. So you can do with this whatever you want. Right. So there's there's going to be a risk associated with it. Yep. I think that's the challenge with vulnerability though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. Y'all got to just quit that's good y'all gotta just quit making everything so sexual like i think that's that's the other part of it is people just overly sexualize things so we were talking about the word mama and daddy (laughs) 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 like you feel like you can't call your dad your dad daddy because now girls be over here calling they dad (laughs) calling they man daddy so Mm. now you like i can't call (laughs) My dad, daddy, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> is that a southern thing? Uh, I don't know. I, don't know. I feel yeah. like southern guys. I was like, we call our dads daddy more than. Uh, it's even weird like that East you're Coast. saying it now. Why? Or well, um, I grew up with yeah, no dad. I, say, uh, <laughs> I bet it is weird. I bet <laughs> it does feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we over sexualize things. I was I, I saw a video the other day where a um uh a dad his 
his wife and his daughters. He it's only him and all women. They were going on a trip, and the middle daughter was like, "Bye, dad," and they hugged each other, and then um, they gave each other like a peck on the lips. Mm-hmm. And people were in the comments like, "Yo, it's wild that he's kissing his daughter on the lips." Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh my gosh, he shouldn't be doing that, and blah blah blah. And that just made me think about the idea, like y'all y'all are seeing it as sexual mm-hmm. for them it's just yeah, you know yeah. me showing love to my child but mm-hmm. y'all are making this making this sexual yeah <sighs> y'all get on my nerves <laughs> to be honest bro <laughs> but but we, we decompress a lot yeah i love y'all <laughs> love you too, bro. i love y'all <laughs> i love y'all too man. and i would not want to do life without y'all do i complete you though chill out <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> it's time for the soundbite of the week. Uh, this is what we give you because we just want you to have a little bit of uh, just inspiration, motivation to get you through the week. And so, fellas, hit us with that soundbite of the week. Soundbite of the week this week is character is who you are under pressure, not when everything is fine. Mm. Say that again. Character is who you are <laughs> under pressure. Not when everything is fine. Yeah, that's good. Because you can do it's easy to do the right thing when everything is uh copacetic. When everything is good, but do you do the right thing when, when that pressure starts to hit your back against the wall? <laughs> I know this episode is super long. <laughs> but after that, have y'all ever been under real pressure? Uh def- I mean, I feel like it's been pressure to me, but it may not necessarily be pressure to somebody else. It's relative, so that's yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. I yelled this week about work, so I guess that was pressure. <laughs> I yelled aloud. Like, I yelled aloud. So, what would make you ask that? I was wondering. I don't know if I've been under real pressure where, like, my character gets challenged. Oh, like, I had the opportunity to... to and, and even when you say character, bro, character is just essentially who you are when nobody's looking. Like, I thought that was integrity. Is it's that integrity? integrity? But your integrity makes it. Y'all don't remember them, them school posters? Yeah, <laughs> got, it's integrity. Got the but eagle. <laughs> a person, a person's character can be determined by their integrity. By their integrity, okay. So, um, I mean, I ain't never killed nobody. I'm sure I've stolen something, but it ain't never been nothing big. Mm. So, but I, you know what? Okay, from food. that from that experience, I don't think I've I've never been in enough pressure to have to resort to illegal measures. Mm-hmm. Um, That's because to answer the, the, the question, it's because you have your character. If you're uh, under pressure and you didn't resort to illegal measures, it's because your character showed up when you were oh, under pressure. I see what you're saying. Like, who, I the who you are. I, was, I would challenge you to say that you have been under pressure. I feel like at, th- at this age, we've all been under pressure at least once. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you have Real been under pressure. some type of pressure. It is relative and it's subjective and it kind of goes back to, there's probably layers to this because we might displace it to say like we just need to do what we need to do to keep moving forward mm. so we don't necessarily see it as pressure but there's probably been a point in time where you're like bro like i'm overwhelmed yeah. like mm. the life's pressure is caving in on me mm-hmm. right but you were able to see it through probably because you had character yep i just think about like when people find like a million dollars in the park and they turn it into the police um, uh, my mama found four hundred at Walmart, and we kept it. Uh, <laughs> it's a character man. It's a character man. Look at Dante's character is a snitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, me and my mama, we were like, my mama gonna say, "Oh, this must be God." No, ma'am. There's a bank in Walmart. What if it was though? 
I don't know. <laughs> so, bro, to your point, remember last episode we talked about what would you do if your son was at yeah. home? She had bad character. Mm. <laughs> she had bad character. If you want to go sell some cat. Anyways, that's the soundbite of the week. That's the soundbite of the week. Thanks for tapping into another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, if you haven't already, please go and follow us on social media at the Soundboard Podcast. That's where we post the soundbite of the week. That's where we post um, reels and shorts from our episodes. And it's a community that we've been building over the last two years, and we want you to be a part of it. So please go and do that. Also, if you're listening to this and you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. That's how other people find us. And then lastly, if you haven't already, please go in, one, subscribe to our YouTube page, please. The Soundboard Podcast. <laughs> we are we are trying to get up to 50 subs. Press the button right now. Yeah, we are trying to get up to 50 subs. Ain't and so please go and do that. And then while you're there, like the videos, bro. Like, come on, show us some love. Comment, like, subscribe. Okay, about to switch it up on y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, Stay tuned. Hey, man, if you want to keep up with me, uh, it's your boy Dante. You can follow me at Dante Speaks Life. That's D O N T A E Speaks Life. And this is Coop. You can follow me at This Is Coop underscore. This is JJ. You can follow me at underscore Jeremy J. However, I'm not on social. Isn't it interesting that I'm not on social and my Twitter got hacked? Somebody were they sending messages or something? To other people, I'm just asking. I don't know what happened. It I know could I be tr- somebody plotting from. I tried to. Listener. I tried to log in, uh-huh. and it and all my information then got changed. Whatever. So it's like a different uh, picture, a picture and stuff, and email. Like the email that you got to send it to. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah, got yeah. changed, and I then I went you. through my email, and it says like, you know, hey, there's been suspicious activity. Long story short, I reached out to Twitter. They're like, we can't help you, bro. Create a new account. Wow. Yeah. That might be gone. Elon. Nah, Elon messed it up. Elon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My Twitter's still active. (laughs) All things Big KJB at Just a Fiasco. We out. Peace.